You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor and chief film critic, Chris Evangelista. Oh, hello. All right, Chris, just a few news items to talk about today. It can be a relatively quick show, but uh, some news that we haven't talked to that broke, like, I think last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet is that there's a another Game of Thrones spinoff show in the works, and this one is actually going to be focused on Jon Snow, with Kit Harington uh, evidently lined up to come back to reprise his role. Uh, I know that you did not stick with Game of Thrones all the way through, um, but that show ended. Spoiler alert for anyone who cares still because it ended years ago uh with Jon Snow's character surviving he he was responsible for the death of Daenerys Targaryen and he basically like went off into exile sort of beyond the wall off with the wildlings and it just sort of seemed like he was you know this broken man who was going to uh go off with his friends and sort of like live a um you know, live a quiet life, like reflecting on the insanity that he had just experienced. Uh, all of that is to say that a Jon Snow centric Game of Thrones show sounds pretty uninteresting to me, uh, even though Kit Harrington, obviously, like that is the role that he's best known for. Um, 
we don't know anything about who's going to be involved with the show, like behind the scenes or anything or any other actors or anything like that yet. Uh, I suppose they could do some sort of flashback kind of thing to the period of the actual Game of Thrones series, bringing back familiar actors and all of that. But um, yeah, I, I'm guessing you probably don't have many takes on this, Chris, since you didn't finish the show or. Oh, Lord, Ben, I have so many. No, I don't have any takes. On the <laughs> I, I don't is, is this all we're getting from now on? Just things that are spun off from other things. Is this our <sighs> fate? Can we, can we please like the reason game of Thrones was such a big hit was because it felt new. And now, uh, everyone's every it's, HBO's plan is like, what if we just have a bunch of different game of Thrones is, and then, <laughs> you know, Disney's doing that with star Wars. What if we have a bunch of different star Wars shows that are all just saying the same thing? Like, for the love of of criminy, give give me something new here, please. Yeah, I was actually I was kind of excited about. Um, I think it, I think it's pronounced Demimond, which was the show that J.J. Abrams was developing for. I think it was HBO. Um, and then the new like because uh, Warner Brothers was and ended up being purchased by Discovery and all the sort of like corporate shenanigans that are going on there. The new like head of that joint company basically just axed this show that Abrams had been working on for a long time. And the reason I was excited about it was because he was returning to TV for the first time since, you know, in several years, he, he obviously like before he got into movies was making stuff like alias and Felicity and things like that. But this, the, the big reason was because it was what you're asking for. It is, it was supposed to be a show that was like not based on anything and just like an original uh, sort of big ticket idea from a, uh, you know, a well-known um, storyteller in Hollywood. And I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> you know, this is maybe putting us a little bit more back on track. But um, now that that show, I guess, has been axed because of like budget concerns and things of that sort, uh, it does seem like, yeah, instead now this is replacing it, just, you know, more familiar kind of stuff. So I don't know. I've seen several people say like, if you're going to do a Game of Thrones spinoff about uh, characters that survived the series, there are several others that are more interesting than Jon Snow. But um, I don't know. Maybe we're in the minority there. Uh, I, I, write in. Let us know if you're like excited about the opportunity of seeing more Jon Snow. What kind of story would you like to see um, involving that character? Because I'd be curious to know. What is there left for him to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just don't know like narratively what what else could you do with him that would be as like, compelling as the sort of insane arc that he went on, you know, in the actual show. I also feel like a lot of the game of Thrones cast have had like kind of a weird lackluster post game of Thrones career. So I feel like if HBO is like, want to come back, they're all going to be like, sure. What else am I doing? Like, yeah. what, is, what is Kit Harrington doing? He was in internals for like one scene. He's got <laughs> nothing to do. So yeah, he'll, he'll do this. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, that eternals role is like the, the thing that he's going to be hanging his hat on for this foreseeable future, right? Like the idea of like a seed planted in the MCU and maybe he could transition into, you know, bigger doing more stuff in, in, you know, blade or whatever the next movie's going to yeah, be. I guess but, he's like supposed to be part of the, I don't understand what the hell I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I also don't care. Like, I, like I don't, I don't need. I don't want to go off on a rant into something different, but I don't need the the Blade movie to connect to Eternals. I and mean, mm. like, I don't need that. Just give me Blade cutting up some vampires. That's all I care about. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, speaking of Marvel, though, um, Craven the Hunter, and I, I have like almost no uh, take on this, but I, I just thought it would be interesting to bring up really quickly because there's a Craven the Hunter movie in the works at Sony and and Marvel. 
And uh, we know that Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing the Craven the Hunter character, which is like this big game hunter in Spider-Man comics who um, gets it into his head that Spider-Man is like the biggest game of all and that it, he'll, he'll basically like prove himself the greatest hunter in the world by bagging Spider-Man. Um, you know, there, there are all sorts of issues with this that we've talked about on the podcast before because I don't think Spider-Man is actually going to be in this movie. So that sort of uh, quasi defeats the purpose of there being a Craven the Hunter movie. In any case, uh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was recently talking about um, you know, what the approach is going to be like for this Craven the Hunter movie, because it's been in the works for a while and we haven't really heard much about it. But he basically says this character is, quote, not an alien or a wizard. He's just a hunter, a human with conviction, end quote. And then he also says that uh, in this movie, Craven is, quote, an animal lover and a protector, a protector of the natural world. End quote. So uh, needless to say, in the comics, that is sort of like the exact opposite of what this character is, because as I mentioned, he's a big game hunter. He, he is not an animal lover. He's an animal killer. He uh, I mean, I guess he, he like uh, has a code because I believe he kills the animals barehanded to sort of prove his uh, his prowess and his hunting capability or whatever. But the idea that he would be billing himself as an animal lover here is just something that I thought that people who are much more invested in this saga of movies and comic book lore and all particular. the craven heads out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's who that's who that uh this mention is for because um I know Craven the Hunter from like the Spider-Man animated cartoon in the 1990s um which I grew up watching, but I've not read enough of the the comics to really have like uh, you know a big uh, take on this. Um, ben Silverio wrote an article for us at Slash Home, and he, he is definitely way more familiar than I am. So I encourage you all, if you are the, <laughs> all the Craven heads, to, uh, to read that article. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, here's something that you might actually have a, a real opinion about, Chris, which is uh, Kevin Costner's new project. He, he, he's calling this a, a new movie. It's called Horizon, and it's his return to directing. I think it's going to be his fourth directorial feature. Um, and he's been talking about this for a little while. And in Variety, there's this this story about this uh, the other day that sort of like blew up because it just sounds <laughs> really wild. So uh, he's going to be shooting this movie for 220 days. And uh, basically, it's going to be broken up into four two-hour and 45-minute movies. So uh, his quote is that this is going to be, uh, this was a, a movie sold as a, an event television movie, but he said, quote, what the studio does with it will really be up to them because things change really quickly and how people want to see things and what they want to do. Um, obviously, this sort of blurs the line between a, a movie. Like, how can you call this a movie if it's four two-hour and 45-minute movies with 170 speaking roles? But uh, I did see that you were like, on Twitter, you said something like, I'm all about this. So what do you make of this? Yeah, you know what? I'm all for this. I agree that it does kind of sound like a TV show, ter- but uh, like this ties into what I was saying earlier, but Jesus Christ, give me something that's like new and not the same old shit all over again. And the idea, you know, I like Kevin Cobb. I, I, I admit I have never watched um, Yellowstone, the show he's on, but... I like Kevin Costner as an actor for the most part. You know, he doesn't have like a ton of range, but he, he, you know, he's good at what he does. And you know, when he's playing like stoic sort of cowboys or baseball players or something like that. <laughs> and the, I, you know, he made, he directed this Western called open range with Robert Duvall, which is just fantastic. And it wasn't a big hit. Cause it was like, you know, a slow 
uh, very adult driven Western. And, you know, it wasn't marketed as like this big splashy movie. Mm -hmm. And the idea of Kevin Costner, like making a bunch of Westerns with, you know, for adults and it's got a huge cast and I'm assuming a big budget and turning it into like sort of a, almost like a Lord of the Rings, like event where, you know, when Lord of the Rings movies were coming out, that was, that was a big deal. It was like, Oh, there's gonna be another one next year and it's already made. And, I, I kind of like applying that to things that aren't franchises that aren't Marvel or, a, a, you know, the, the umpteenth adaptation of something we've seen a million times before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying this is guaranteed to turn out to be good for all I know, it's going to suck, but <laughs> I'm, I, I love the idea. I love the idea of, you know, Kevin Costner has a lot of clout now. I feel like he has more clout than he's had in a while because there was a period there where he was, you know, making these movies and no one was seeing them. And then uh, Yellowstone came around and sort of turned him into like this, this big figure again, this big star again. So I feel like he's using the clout he has to get four adult driven movies made. And I, I know in this current shitty landscape, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for that. Like if that's what it takes, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. He did say that um, it's being planned as quote, four different movies and that they'll come out uh, about every three months. So wow. that is, yeah, like a, a really ambitious sort of rollout plan. And it reminds me a little bit of like the fear street thing that, that Netflix did last year. I think that yeah. was only like a couple weeks in between, but um, for something as huge as this, uh, yeah, I'm really curious, like how this is actually rolled out because it, I believe Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema are the companies that are associated here. And then, like what you're saying with Yellowstone, that's like a Paramount. Uh, I think Paramount Plus is where that is streaming. So, and and the idea of like it it uh, being, you know, he he sort of mentioned like, oh, you know, who knows how it'll come out, kind of thing. Like maybe that leaves the door open that maybe it'll be turned into a streaming thing. Maybe it'll be theatrical. So I'm, I'm curious like how it actually gets rolled out, but um, I do feel like maybe that three month thing gives it a little wiggle room so they can do like, they can debut the first one in theaters. And then after a few weeks be like, all right, now it's on Paramount plus to get you ready for the next movie, which will be in theaters. Yeah. Sort of, they're like doubling down on that. Maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I also really, really like, uh, open range. I actually have not seen, uh, the postman, which he directed back in 97 and I have not seen dances with wolves, which was like uh, the movie that sort of like, you know, launched him. I mean, I guess he was a star before that was that. his first like directorial effort. And so, yeah. Yeah. But that, that was the one I think he won like best director and all sorts of Oscars and stuff. And it was like, holy shit, this guy is like a real, you know, auteur kind of figure, um, like right out of the gate. And he sort of like has lost a lot, or like you, like you mentioned, he did lose a lot of that juice. Um, but then he's certainly gained it back. And I was just going to say, I, I did see uh, Open Range back in 2003 and and really like that movie. It's like really sturdy, really solid. I mean, it's like the perfect dad movie kind of thing. So if you're, yeah. if you've not seen open range, I would encourage people to seek that out. Um, have you seen, uh, dances with wolves and, and the postman, Chris, should I, I have. uh, prioritize watching those or, uh, I, <laughs> the postman is, is iffy because it's kind of bad, but I kind of appreciate the, the hubris of it, you know, making this really big, <laughs> Uh, post-apocalyptic movie about you know a guy delivering mail, <laughs> and, uh, and Dances Wolves is pretty good. You know, honestly, uh, I, I've I've always had a kind of a grudge against Dances Wolves because it beat 
Goodfellas for best picture and Goodfellas is like my my favorite movie of all time so mm-hmm. I've always I've always been like fuck you Dances at Wolves but it is it is a, a well-made movie it, it does have that that same uh, open range vibe to it so if you liked open range you would probably like Dances at Wolves okay uh, so next up we have um, a story about Netflix bringing East of Eden uh, to the streaming service as a limited series with Florence Pugh uh, starring in this. Um, writer and actress Zoe Kazan is going to be developing this as uh, an executive producer and the screenwriter. Um, she's written some things, I believe, with uh, with her partner, Paul Dano, before. That's um, the Riddler, a.k.a. the Riddler. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it looks like she's going to be sort of like running this one solo, which um, is really interesting. So... Chris, I've not seen East of Eden, which was a, a movie that came out in like what the mid fifties with uh, James Dean. Um, but yeah. I asked you before we got on on Mike, and you said that you'd seen this one. What do you uh, remember about the East of Eden movie? And have you read the um, what is it, John Steinbeck novel that it's based on? Uh, I haven't read the novel. I, I've read some other John Steinbeck things, and uh, hot take, good writer that John Steinbeck. <laughs> um, but East of Eden, I do know that the movie actually truncates the book a lot it cuts out a lot of stuff but i've actually heard people say like that actually improves in the book for what it's worth but the movie is good the movie is you know it's one of those quintessential james dean roles um i don't know how much james dean stuff you've seen ben but uh when i started finally watching james dean stuff uh it was sort of like an epiphany in the sense that oh every young mumbly actor that we have today is literally just riffing on James Dean. Like I, I really like Ryan Gosling. I think he's a good actor, but every single thing Ryan Gosling does as an actor, he's, he's basically stealing it from James Dean. And <laughs> so if you, if you go back and watch James Dean, you know, rebel out of the cause and this and giant and something, you'll, you'll be like, Oh, this is where every, young, every actor between like the age of like 20 and 40 for a period is, is doing James Dean. But, uh, East of Eden is, is a good movie. Uh, I don't really know what, you would do with it now, you know, it's very much a movie and a story of its time. I, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be, you know, another period piece. And I, I don't really know who Florence Pugh is playing. Is she, is she the James Dean character? I th- <laughs> no, she's playing Kathy, a character named Kathy, uh, Kathy Ames, I think. Ah, uh, yes. Kathy um, from the comics. She says, Ack, <laughs> and she, she hates eats, how <laughs> she eats chocolate. A lot. Yes. Yes. Of course. How can I forget John Steinbeck's famous character, Kathy? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's something weird about this because, uh, Zoe Kazan's father, or what is her grandfather, Ely Kazan directed the original East of Eden, which makes it kind of like, oh, they're keeping it all in the family. Yeah. But but it's also like, I don't know. Do you really have to do it? Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, you mentioned that the story was, the movie sort of seemed truncated. So maybe a limited series is the way to go, sort of blow it out a little bit and really like dig in. So do you um, think while Zoe Kazan was like working on the script for this, Paul Dano was in the background doing like Riddler voices That's <laughs> and like distracting her? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm the Riddler. And she's like, I'm trying to write my script. He's just blasting Ave Maria. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's, he has to get in character. And he's just like wrapping uh, saran wrap around his head. And she's just like trying to write. To, this is what I imagine their life is like. He's always the Riddler. And she's just trying to work. 
Like, oh, God, I'm just trying to work. All right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, Florence Pugh is great, obviously. I don't even think that needs to be said. So I'm excited to, to see her in, in pretty much anything. Um, okay. So our last story, I just wanted to mention quickly. This is sort of silly. So uh, Al Pacino was at a um, an event at Tribeca where they were doing like a, uh, a screening of a, a restoration of Heat, Michael Mann's Heat. Uh, which obviously stars uh, Pacino and De Niro and a bunch of people. It's like one of the great sort of crime thrillers in the past, what, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. Uh, and um, somebody asked him um, who he thought could play his character, uh, Vincent Hanna, in a theoretical prequel to the movie because Michael Mann is writing a uh, sort of, it's like it's it's, it's a sequel weird. slash prequel. both yeah a, a book a novel um that is like a heat follow-up and lead up to the events and so uh i don't think there are any plans right now in turn to like actually adapt this but somebody was just sort of like hey al pacino who should play your character and he said timothy chalamet i mean he's a wonderful <laughs> actor great looks uh i did not see a video of this so i have no idea if he was joking here but this is the quote that sort of went viral so uh, I just wanted to ask you, Chris, like what, um, you know, really, I wanted this to be um, a chance for us to put a spotlight on the fact that this heat book project is coming out and just put that on people's radar for people who saw the movie and, and loved it and want to know and, you know, more about what happened in that world and sort of reimmerse themselves in the Michael Mann of it all. But uh, <laughs> do you have any thoughts about uh, yeah. Timothy Chalamet in a, in a theoretical uh, Heat prequel? He would not be my first choice. Um, uh, I haven't read the the Heat sequel book out yet. It comes out in August. I'm supposedly getting a review copy soon, so I'm very excited to read it. So I don't really know how young the character is in the books. So I can't, a part of me thinks this is just Al Pacino just joking around being like mm-hmm. let's let's can't i cast a very handsome young man as me but i mean i don't know i honestly can't see timothy chalamet doing that sort of role and i like timothy chalamet i think he's a pretty good actor but i can't picture him he does not have the same energy at no, all as was, like what pacino brought to that part yeah he needs you know and he, he he's he's too um clean looking like al pacino when he was younger great looking guy but he had that edge to him and timothy chalamet is so like smooth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he looks you know he looks like someone took like the 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 smudge tool and they like smoothed (laughs) all his features and like al pacino you look at him as a young man great looking guy but he still has that you know that those sharp edges he's got those cheekbones he's got that certain uh you know tough guy look to him and timothy chalamet just looks too too uh too nice looks like too much of a nice boy he's a nice boy you can have him over for lunch, but you can't, you know, <laughs> I can't see him like running down the street with a big gun and all coked up and yelling and stuff like that. Right. But maybe he'll surprise us all. Maybe there's a role for him like that in the future. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see. So we have a an option or a, a sort of a editorial on the site about four actors that we'd want to see play young Al Pacino in a heat prequel. Just a fun little uh, fluff piece basically that that uh, gave a writer a chance to have some fun with it. So if you want to, to uh, dig into that a little bit more, I encourage you to do so at SlashFilm.com. I will link to that and all the other stories that we talked about in today's show notes. So that's it for today. Uh, Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. 
Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That really does help us out a lot. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money.